1: Welcome back to the Oak Roads Hatter podcast. I am Billy Mully, and this is what we've got coming up today. We go through the 4-0 victory at Harrogate, our FA Cup victory, to ensure us a place in the fourth round of the competition. Big Mick returns and Sheehan also returns to the club, which certainly brought smiles to all of our faces. Shay keeps another clean sheet as well, so we'll discuss all about that. We also look ahead to Bournemouth five weeks after our last league game. And again, we come up against a team who is top of the league. Before we get started, I'm back with the three lads that are usually on the podcast. Jamie Castle, Stephen Day and Dylan Bundy. That's
5: how you're getting on. Not too bad. Good evening. Yeah, much better now you've seen a game of football.
0: I would say better, but uh, COVID has got me, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> I was gutted to miss the weekend, but... Um, yeah, the darts board in my room has been my best friend, which is brilliant. So um, I've got quite good at it. But yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, decent.
1: Yeah, well, it's a shame that you didn't get to Kenilworth Road yesterday. I mean, the, the reception, first of all, for, for Big Mick and Alan Sheehan. But it, it, yesterday was about Mick Harford returning, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, I was gutted to, to miss that because Sheehan uh, and and Hot Mick were just you know for them to be back especially Mick um looking so well and and to get the reception that he did i mean my dad was at the game and he said it was it was amazing so um Brilliant! Yeah, it's so good to see Mick back and and back where you know where where he, where, where he belongs and and where we love him.
1: And Harrogate, they came with a game plan. They played some very good football. It got in in behind our left hand side a few times in the early exchanges. It was a good start for them, wasn't it? It was a brilliant start for them. They they weren't afraid at all.
4: Um, I mean, I don't think we expected them to be afraid really, especially with the results that happened on Saturday. Um, but I think we we definitely were rusty. Like to start off with that first half was well not not terrible but we just weren't in it and if that was a championship team we would have been two nil down at half time probably um, we're just lucky that Shea was kind of on his game with with his shot stopping and um and we didn't concede because it could have been a completely different game if we conceded first
5: uh, uh, yeah I mean for, with Howard fair play to them, they. They came with a game plan and that they were very, very good, especially in the first half hour and the first half. Um, that they, they found the ball out to their right too easily. Um, although I think part of that was a bit tactically. Uh, it, it, I mean, f- from my perspective, it seems like Nathan started with Lansbury as like the one sitter and then Clark and Carlos off him in midfield with with Joyman at um, Eli up top. So I think tactically, it Gave Amari a lot to do. I, I don't think Amari was was at its best either, but it, it also gave him a lot to do with with their sort of that their their their, their, their right sided forward was really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, with how we get fair play to them, um, it took us a while to get to grips.
1: Yeah, I think going back to what you're saying about Amari Bowie sort of typified. The first half, really, he he did seem rusty. But again, like the majority of the team, he he came good in the second half, found his range. And I guess that's all what yesterday was about. As, As much as we did want to progress to the fourth round of the competition, we also wanted to get a lot of minutes into players who haven't played in four weeks. One player that did start off with a bang was Elijah Adebayo, another very, very, it's a moment of magic, really. Um, as the songs we sing, it was it was brilliant from him, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, it, it was good. Yeah, um, I think it was, just, you know, sort of standard sort of FA Cup goal. Just ball,
5: ball up to the top, knock down, turn, shoot, goal. Uh, I think Cal summed it up. I think it was just the one bit of Premier League quality that we've got in, in the team at the minute. He's just, I mean. I mean, a a, a decent knock-on from Jerome, but just the, the ability just to take a touch onto his foot, turn without looking at the goal and hit it. And I think I was watching another game during the week and there was a commentator saying that all the best strikers just know where the goal is. The, the, the goal doesn't move, so you know where it is. So if you remember where you are with regards to the box and the goal, you, you don't need to look at the goal. You just just touch, turn, hit it and... The bottom corner. It was, uh, yeah. And
4: I'm pretty sure that's the funny. sort of thing that Mick will be teaching them as well because that's the sort of striker he was. He knew where the goal was. So that's what he'll be teaching Elijah and, and the rest of them. And, and
1: Jerome as well. And Jerome will be teaching Elijah as well. I put it in the chat, didn't I? I said, I didn't know for sure, but I thought it was the, the first goal that he scored from outside the area. I don't know if anybody... Else can correct me if I am wrong, but I'm pretty sure. I think
5: he work. was just inside the area from watching the highlights. He,
1: was it oh, okay? So I think he was like
5: online. marginally. I mean, the, the, the commentator on the highlights said that he was in the area, but I think he he, he might have been just.
1: Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You did say there about Jamie. You said Naismith. You said Naismith said that Adebayo was that one bit of Premier League quality. Well, I think Adebayo could probably pay the compliments back to Naismith because, again, it wow. was a brilliant performance, started at centre-back, went into holding midfield and, and shored that up and then went to to left-back. So it's just one of those performances, again, that we, we're coming to expect of him.
5: He's just incredible. I, I tweeted at the time, he just oozes class in everything that he does. Like There's not a single thing that he does on the pitch that just doesn't have that bit bitter... of that bit of class um about about him just the way he touches the way he just turns at the forwards uh, he's just i mean there was that that clip against Fulham where he just like, did that little that little point turn it was just yeah i mean everything he does is it just is fantastic i mean there's a lot of talk about jordan clark being the best free signing in history but i mean Carroll's right up there surely
1: he's got to be challenging for that title. I think Nathan Jones might have to reconsider what he said. And Dylan, I'll come to you about Luke Berry. I know you're a Luke Berry lover, but he's come back with a scoring return. I was looking today about his his goal scoring statistics and they're up there with the very best in the division. They are. I mean,
0: yesterday's goal was, was typical. Typical Luke Berry arriving late in the box. Great run by, I think it was Carlos making the run across the front just to pull the defender back. And then Luke Berry just works in that space. Always, always, you know, if you clear space, if you've got a centre forwards, you can clear space and get rid of the centre halves and the fullbacks. Luke Berry in that little pocket for the pullbacks, And that's just where he lives. You know, you may as well build a house in there because it's just what he does. Um, so, yeah, good to see him back. Very important player um just different player to different central midfielder to what we've got compared to anyone because i don't think there's anyone as good at, as as him arriving late in the box and and being clinical in those areas um than he is so yeah great to have him back massive massive um for the next few weeks
1: yeah i guess we are all excited to see what kind of role he'll play in the next few weeks whether he'll be sort of thrown in as a sub or, or that's enough minutes to to maybe warrant a start we we don't know we don't know the sort of stage of his fitness but going on to to Luton in, in general we, we played 16 players in the end making five subs so how important and, and how good is it that we've been able to play an FA Cup match where the, the rules still permit us making five subs and, and getting minutes into I think play we said five. it last
4: week it's kind of a bit like a almost like a pre-season game um, after the month off um, and obviously it's so important that we get minutes back into them because if we started off against Bournemouth we'd be in real trouble as I said like a championship squad would have taken those chances against us in the first half so it was it, yeah it's it's comforting knowing that we've got some minutes in the players and we can go into next week with not a match fit squad but you know players that have actually got some
1: minutes under their belt um, this year. Yeah, I guess so. And I was going to speak a little bit about uh, a few more players, but I guess we will cover them in the polls. So we'll, we'll move straight on to them. Our first one that we tweeted out was who people wanted in the next round of the competition. Obviously, we do know now, but... From that, 56% of people wanted a Premier League side away, 7% wanted a Premier League side at home, with 37% going for lower league, which is eventually we got what we got, sorry, we got Cambridge away. I'm quite happy about it, but then speaking to you boys and and sort of, you made me realise that I'm not going to get a ticket, so, you know, birthday (laughs) weekend ruined, I guess.
5: I mean, uh, I'm, I'm delighted with the draw, Billy, I think... As much as I would love a, a nice trip to Old Trafford if they beat Villa, obviously. But like, uh, as much as, as I would like a, a Premier League tie, I mean, for me, I want a Premier League tie as late as possible in, in, in the tournament. I mean, who doesn't want a quarterfinal at the Kenny against Man United? That, that, I mean, of of course we need to beat Cambridge, and in the next round we might need to beat another lower league t- team. But let let's go, let's go for a, an actual Cup run. Like, if if we can just get through. These these earlier rounds and get to a FA Cup quarter final. Imagine how rocking the Kenny would be, like live li, li, live on the on the BBC. Someone like a United at home. Like I'm, all, I'm all for that. Absolutely. You've got to think of the financial rewards as well. If we do keep progressing the, financially, it could be a yeah. massive boost. Yeah, again. that as well. Yeah, TV money, a few round wins. At that that surely what seven figures plus.
0: Jamie's convinced me. I wasn't. I wasn't. um, I wasn't convinced with Cambridge. I thought, right, fourth round, we'll go in, we'll get a you know a, a big team, prob you know give it a good go, probably lose, and then focus on the league. But you know what, quarter final sounds um, sounds sounds good. So I, I think, yeah, there's a worry over the next few months that we're going to have a lot of games and a lot of catch up. I think we've played the lowest number of games in the league, maybe. Um, so there's going to be it's going to be a busy schedule. Um, the squad's going to be tested, but. You know what, Jamie? I think I think he's, you've convinced me now. I, I want a, a quarter final at the Kenny against, you know, Liverpool or something with
5: some big side. Okay. I, I mean, the, the, the Kenny we've only got left for three or so years. It needs one last hurrah. It, it needs one last like massive. Imagine a Friday night under the lights, FA Cup quarter final. Yeah, imagine
4: Ronaldo or Salah like, who, who, running, who, who running wouldn't down win the wing
5: at, at Kenny, who, who wouldn't want these stars like Jürgen Klopp? Like on the touchline on a Friday night, like I'm all for that. I'm all in on that. Yeah,
4: yeah. I um, I said when Cambridge beat Newcastle, you know what? Cambridge away would be quite a tasty tie. And then I was saying before the game against Harrogate, I'm like, we we get in Cambridge. We, we're just going to get Cambridge. It's written in the stars. And then it happened, and I'm like, well, why didn't I put some money on it?
5: And and, and that's the thing. It's also quite a tasty tie. It's not like it's like like I looked at the other ties. I think it was like Barnsley away at Huddersfield. It's not like a Imagine Luton going to Huddersfield in the fourth round. That like, that that is a. But tie. it's Yorkshire. But Cambridge. It's low. It's local.
3: No, one year, yeah, one nil
5: win. Definitely, going go, go to Huddersfield. Like, um, it just seems like it's it's got it's got a bit of a bite to it. It's local, so with regards to, I mean, I mean, like the players that they don't have to go on a, on like a long coach to somewhere up north. Like for me, it's 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 a good tie. Only if we get Mark Cullen and Ollie
1: Lee back on them, <laughs>
5: Yeah, definitely. Our,
1: our second poll was concerning Carlos Mendes Gomez obviously got the start against Harrogate, but we asked had he done enough against Harrogate to start against Bournemouth. Yes was 25% and no was 75%. And in my opinion, that is about right. Yeah. I think he's knocking on the door, but I don't know if he's ready for regular championship contention i don't know what you think i thought yesterday would have been the game where he properly shows off that he's ready for
4: for playing in the first team and or any starting games and he just kind of he he did he did enough but not not enough to start against bournemouth but he did enough to show some promise but his performance wasn't great none of the players in the first half really performed that well anyway but um yeah mendes gomez could have done a lot more yesterday, but
5: um, yeah, I, I don't see him starting against Bournemouth. I actually disagree. I mean, I I would have marginally put yes, part partly only because Gray is obviously in Cameroon and Cornick is out, and it's thinking, oh, well, who's going to start up alongside Eli? And he's he's definitely ahead of Hilts and, and Jerome. And for me, he's probably at the minute ahead of Fred at the minute. I think. So I'm thinking back to, I mean, maybe Blackpool away where we had Clark in, and and Carlos as like as those sort of quasi tens off Eli is probably the way to go for now, given we've not really got a probably suitable second striker it, it, because because cornick and Musqué are absent. Um, so for me, I think he starts against Bournemouth.
0: I think um, I think we'll go Jerome and Elijah like we did today, uh, yesterday. Sorry. Um, I think Carlos, with Carlos, we've just got to ease him into games where he's not going to be as physically challenged. And Blackpool was that game. If you look at Bournemouth, you know at the minute they've got well, Stacey, Lerma, Billing. You know these are these are proper proper athletes. And um, I think Bournemouth will will probably he, he might he'd probably struggle a bit out of possession, especially just to impose himself with the ball as well. Um, so I think a good bench option, and yeah, as Jamie said, like we're, we're struggling a little bit up front with Musque and Cornick both out, haven't got that real kind of athletic second striker, but I think Jerome, um, he's not been great, but I think out of him and Hilts, who's going to cause Bournemouth the most problems, and it's probably going to be him, because I think we're going to have to be a bit more direct, we're not going to be as kind of interfeet as we were against Blackpool um, with Clark and, and Carlos. So I th- I think we'll go with Elijah and and Jerome with a Barry playing um, just behind. I mean I- I'd love for Hilton to start against Bournemouth. It'd be hilarious. Well, you say that he did last year, did he? Um, yeah. He, uh, he started last year in the in the home game, um, and did really well actually. So yeah, yeah. Who who knows? Who knows?
1: Certainly an exciting team selection ahead for Jones and another another selection that's probably. Really, in his head at the moment, something he's probably giving him nightmares and stopping him sleeping is who will start in goal. Of course, James Shea played yesterday, and it's another clean sheet for him, another good performance, important saves. Kicking on the whole was okay, I guess. There was, it was sort of sometimes he looked a little bit short in terms of his kicking, but in total, when you look at the grand scheme of things, it was probably. One of his better games when it comes to his kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who should start in goal? The poll for Sluga was twenty-seven percent, and for Shea it was seventy-three percent. I don't know if that's more recency bias or whether people do generally believe that Shea is the man to start in goal. I don't know what you. Boys I mean, I I
4: disagree with the kicking view that you had yesterday for, for him yesterday. I thought is is kicking and is on the ball. Uh, play wasn't great Um, there was a well obviously not his fault for slipping over but again as I said like with the with the mistakes and and the chances we gave Harrogate you give those to a a championship club they're taking them like there was what three chances where they could have scored from from far out of the um, area because Shea was out of the box or um, out of the goal from his kicking so I I'd say I mean I'm not surprised that people have said that Shea should be starting because it, his shot stopping was brilliant yesterday. He he recovered really well, and then there was that one where we were, I think, two nil up or three nil up, and um, Harrogate could have scored, and he he managed to get back on his feet and and make a really good save, which I thought was brilliant. Um, but I think from from yesterday's performance, I'd say Sluga should be the one
5: starting. Yeah, I think so too. I mean. I think Shea was good yesterday. I mean, I, I think his kicking wasn't as bad as Stephen made out. I think, to 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 a certain extent, there was a few slips all over. So it wasn't wasn't just Shea. I think the pitch probably wasn't wasn't great. I mean, I said it wasn't his fault he player, though, so. that. Well, no, yeah, no, 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 of course. But I I, I just think Luke is the better keeper anyway. I mean, there there was a few times yesterday where Shea punched. I think probably three or four times where he punched from from across or a corner. And I just think if that's Sluga, people start moaning, but Shea did it and they were moaning. Again, it just feels like a bit of bias towards Shea to an extent. It seems like a bit like a Pelly versus A and other midfielder sort of argument again, but with Sluga and Shay. it feels like whenever Pelly does something wrong, people moan. But if it's Campbell or Ray or Rosha or whatever, then they don't. But And again, with Sluger, I think if Sluga was to the punch, they would have been like, oh God, don't punch that. But with Shay, no one comments. So I don't know. I, for me personally, I think Sluga's the better keeper. And if we want to keep him beyond his his contract, we'd probably better keep playing him as number one or or he won't sign on. So, yeah, for me, it's Sluga.
0: Yeah, I agree with Jamie. I think Shea's a very good goalkeeper. Um, I think Sluga commands his box a little bit better. And, and even though he's made a couple of errors like against QPR where he came running out, I think he sweeps up a little bit better as well and his distribution just gives us a little bit more. Um, and especially with the way that, that we play, with how direct we are, how important it is that we, we put the ball forwards into good areas quite quickly, um, with Sluger's kicking, it is good. It's, it's definitely, in my opinion, better than Shea, and just gives us a little bit more control and, and a bit more precision in terms of getting the ball forwards quickly into good areas, into Elijah, into Jerome, into whoever's up there. Um, so it's a close one. James Shea is a fantastic goalkeeper, and you know we're, we're blessed to have, you know, competition between him and Sluger, um, because they have two very, very good options. Uh for me, Sluger just edges it. Um for me. But if James Shea plays, then we're not gonna have any problems.
1: Yeah, I guess we're in the minority then. We're in the twenty seven percent that have gone for, for Sluger. But I guess if if Nathan Jones views this similar to, to us, when does he make the switch? Because I guess if he goes for Sluger for Bournemouth there'll be not uproar, but there'll definitely be a lot of comments. But do you just wait for Shea to make a mistake? Is that the way you go about things? It's quite a difficult decision, I think, to, for Jones to have because obviously Shea has come in. The the sort of the statistics speak for themselves. I think he's kept three clean sheets out of four, four and the only goal that he's conceded was the tap in from from Mitrovic. Really, so statistically speaking, he has been. He has enjoyed a good run, run of form in the team, but as we say, I think all-round game. I think we can all agree that that Sluga is the better goalkeeper.
5: Yeah, and I think the the four-week break helps Nathan with regards to his his choice because it sort of gives it like a clean break. And I I, I said to my dad, I think the, the the team selection I think tells me that Shay is now the cup keeper again. I think if he would have gone Sluger then I would have probably thought Shea starts against Bournemouth. I think I think that, that gives Nathan the, the I guess the, 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 the ammo to be like, you know you know what, no, I think Sluger's now back in. Um but no, like like Dylan said, echo what you said, Shea's a fantastic number two, probably one of the best number twos in the league. Um so yeah, whatever happens, I'm happy with that.
4: If if one of the best number twos in the league, does that mean Sluger's one of the best keepers in the league?
5: No.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't <laughs> have to. No. Right, we'll go on to Bournemouth. We'll, we'll finish off by talking about the game on Saturday that I didn't know was at half-twelve and I recently had to find out the hard way. I think looking at Bournemouth, they are top of the league, but they're not as dominant in recent weeks as they have been um, as they started the season. Do you think we can expect... Bournemouth, after this sort of break that that we've had, I know theirs hasn't been as, as as large as ours. Do you think we can see the the old Bournemouth at the start of the season that were dominant, that were relentless, that were defensively resilient, or do you think we can see the ones that that the the Bournemouth that sort of mistakes kept creeping in around Christmas time? What do you expect?
0: Well, they they haven't been playing badly, and their form's been fine. It's just they were just missing chances really Um, the the performances weren't bad Um, they weren't making glaring errors it was just who you know it's difficult to put your finger on it but they were just missing silly chances basically and and just not not killing games so um they're very they're very sharp i think they won the last game 3-0 um against cardiff uh they're 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 a very very good team and and as we saw when we went and played them played them away uh, towards the start of the season you can go in and compete with them and play really well, but if you switch off twice, they're gonna score twice. Um with you know, Solanke and Christie and Jaden Anthony, you know. these are very good players. Um so no, they haven't dropped off. Uh, I think they just they just weren't scoring chances. Uh, they're still exact still just as good as they were um at the start of the season. So it's gonna be really tough, especially given that they're gonna be a lot sharper than we are um after our break.
1: Yeah, as as you say, they're Top of the league for a reason. Um, I think going into the Christmas break, the, the the form was a little bit patchy, but they've, they've since recuperated one, their last two league games. And as you say, they've, they've played more recently in the league. So we expect them to be sharp, expect them to be match fit. And we expect a, a very tough tie because, again, they are a team that, that will be eyeing up an automatic place. They're top of the league for a reason. Um, just going on to ourselves a little bit, Berry came on. Fred Dimmer came on. Are These players that we could see start. Do you think that they have played? What well, do you think they played enough on uh, on Sunday to to justify a starting place, or do you think they'll be gradually eased back into things?
5: I think it's a big call to to start Berry against Bournemouth. I mean, he, he got what twenty five minutes at the weekend. I think great player, but I think to start him against Bournemouth would be a big big call. Especially when you have got Jordan Clark, that's probably a bit more up to speed in in that in that area. Um, if he starts, then fair play. I mean, I've got no comments with it. I just think I feel like it'll be a big call given given match fitness. And then I guess same with Fred. Really, I think it's it's, it's been tough to Fred because we've obviously brought him in, um, and it looked like to start with he, he would be one of those wide players in, in a back four. But I think the back three's been been so good that it's almost put put him down the order a little bit. Um, so unless he starts up alongside um, Eli to, to to be that 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 sort of corner replacement, I don't know. I just, I just don't know where he fits in, in in this in this back three back five system. It's tough for him because is like from from what I've seen of him, he's a good player. And he, I mean, he was first the first game of the season, he was just amazing. Like he, he was really good. Came came on at Derby and and got got the equaliser. So. Um, yeah, it's it's tough for both of those players, really.
4: Yeah, I think I don't think Barry will start. I think he's a brilliant player to that we've got an option to bring on in the Bournemouth game. And, I mean, he's he's come on and scored from from the bench a couple of times already this season. So, say we're either hopefully not chasing the game, but you know, if it's nil nil with with half an hour to go. He's the sort of player you want to bring on, which I think is, you know, will be properly, will be exciting for us to have him come on.
0: Yeah, I think I think with Fred, it's as Jamie said, he's been the victim of the change of system because he's not a wing back and he's not a striker, so it's it's difficult. But I think as well, he's regardless of where he's playing, he he needs to be more relentless in what he does. Um, there was a moment against Fulham where he came off the bench. We had all the momentum. We were you know, pressing everywhere. He literally just come off the bench and uh, Fulham were playing out and every everyone was set to press. It was 1v1 everywhere. And it just needed Fred to then get out to the ball and, and press it and close him down because everything was set for it. And he didn't do it. He tried to cut the angle off. And you can see on the video, Nathan is going absolutely ballistic at him, like, you know, all kinds of swear words and everything. He's just because he, cause he's just not doing what and, you know, what a Cornick would do, for example, which is know that the shape is set and we're going to go and press now and you have to get to the ball. Um, so I think with, with Fred, regardless of where he's playing, he just needs to add that. And I think Nathan said it in his press conferences as well. He just needs to add that relentlessness that from a psychological point of view, that real drive of, of constant, you know, I'm going to go again and again and again and be concentrated in every moment. Um, if he can do that, then yeah, he, then he's going to be really important. But as Jamie said... It's difficult for him because he's an out-and-out winger uh, off the left, um, and when he came against, on against Middlesbrough at wing-back, he struggled um, defensively, which you know is, is not his position. So it's a difficult one. He's got a long way to go, but with someone with the raw attributes to to go really far for us, um, he can be. He's a real, real positive and someone who who again can impact off the bench like Luke Berry.
5: Do you not think that he might? he might be able to adapt to that sort of striker role given time, Sort of to be, I mean, I, I, know, I know Harry Cornick was a right winger and he's now seems, seems to be that striker in a two. So do you think Fred could do the same?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he could. Um, I think he's different to Harry because Harry's a chaser. Harry's someone that you, you know, even when he was out on the wing, you put it over the top for Harry with Fred, you do that. Yeah. But you want Fred a little bit more one V one with the ball. So yeah, he hundred percent can. And if we alter the way that we, We use that front two and we say to Fred, right, yeah, you're going to... So on the lineup, he's going to be in the front two. But actually, when we have the ball, go out wide onto the left, get the ball into feet and go 1v1, 100%. Absolutely 100%. But that requires us to just change things a little bit rather than having someone running off Elijah, which Fred can do. But with Fred, you want him running 45 degrees at the goal from the left, 1v1, um, a bit more than Harry would say... With Harry chasing, so yeah, it depends on how we how we tweak things.
1: Um, we definitely can do it. It's slightly different to Harry though. And Dylan speaking there about adding that relentlessness to his game, does that come from sort of continued training, getting the confidence and and sort of the knowledge of when to when those triggers occur and. and listening ability as well. What what do you think it comes down to making sure that he's on song with the rest of the team when they go and, and press and, and go to win back possession in, in high areas? a bit of
0: everything really. Um it's it's psychological. It's are you relentless? Are you are you willing to, to do that every in every single moment of every single game? Yeah, there's a big tactical understanding as well of of understanding not just and that that's the thing with Fred as well. You see it when he has the ball. And he comes inside and his right foot, he's blinkered. He, he doesn't see things that's going on inside. He takes a while to play that. Now, that is also reflected um, out of possession as well, because you have to have that same awareness of where are my teammates? Where are the opposition? Am I set? Are we set to press now? So, yeah, that little bit of awareness, that tactical awareness of where am I in relation to everyone else? And then what decision do I make? So, yeah, it's, it's a combination of psychological and. Um, just that awareness as well that he, he just needs to develop both in and out of possession. If he can do that, then we've got one hell of a hell of a championship player on our hands. Little
1: little little steps and, and little challenges for him, then he can keep pushing on. Definitely. on, on that note, we'll go to your score predictions. The, the did we do one for Harrogate? I don't remember. We did. We, yeah, we, we did. did. Okay. I was going to say our first one of the year, but our first league one of the year we'll go for. And I'll
5: come to you first, Jamie. I'll go for a 2-2 I think a, a nice entertaining game on Sky Stephen 1-1 Dylan yeah I'll go with 1-1 one, one as
1: well I'll be the optimistic one then I'll go 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one for the Hatters. i a sneaky feeling that we might want might to claim all three points Well, that is all we have time for today. A big thank you to the three of you for joining and also a big congratulations to Hannah who won our Blackburn Rovers ticket giveaway for the match at the end of the month. Make sure to also keep your eyes out because we'll be doing a February giveaway too.
4: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or hundred thousand miles, whichever comes first.
3: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.